As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. 17 head coaches and counting. Watford have fired and hired yet again before the end of September. It's nothing new, and yet this time, it seems quite different. The Athletics Watford writer Adam Leventhal and podcaster David Walker are here to explain it all. I'm Ian Irving and this is the Athletic Football Podcast. Breaking news concerning Watford who have sacked their manager Rob Edwards. Watford supporters were told explicitly by the chairman and CEO Scott Duxbury and I quote that we will be backing Rob Edwards come hell or high water. And I find it really quite low end how Rob Edwards was treated. And he's going to be replaced we understand by Slaven Bilic. There's never a sense that we recruit the same type of head coach. Watford were a laughing stock last season. Right, let's get stuck straight into it. Adam, how long have you been covering Watford for, for The Athletic? Well, since since the very start, Ian, which was um, 2019, so the start of the 2019-20 season. So yeah, we've been here a number of times. We haven't we? So just over three years then, and how many Watford managers <laughs> have you had to get to know and cover? Let's see if we can get this. Uh, so Javi, Javi Gracia, Kike Sanchez-Flores, Mark II, uh, Nigel Pearson... Vladimir Ivic, Shisko Munoz, Claudio Ranieri, Roy Hodgson, Rob Edwards, he was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. And now Slavon <laughs> Bilic. So however many that is. Oh, and Hayden Mullins thrown in. So I think we've probably got, what, nine, ten, ten managers there. So yeah, it's been... Nine permanent managers. Yeah, it's been busy. Ten, if you include the caretaker. That is ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? David, as a fan, it, it, do you, are you rolling your eyes? I mean, that, even by Watford standards, that's a remarkable sequence, isn't it? It, it is really... I mean, and I think Adam came in right at the start of the really ridiculous sort of sequence of it all. Because before... Was it me, Dave? There's, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Because before before the sacking of Javi Gracia in uh, August, September 2019, I think that is the point, really, as you've written about, Adam, that we can trace the current sort of madness back to, really. Before that, I mean, there was sackings before that, as we know, but there seemed to be a little bit more method to the madness. But but from that point, they've been chasing their tail ever since and we're still going around in circles now. Yeah, let's fast forward to now then. Adam, 
I'm going to read you an extract of your article uh, from just a few days ago, incredibly. If, and it's a big if, Pozzo were to act, who knows what the impact would be on a dressing room that largely seems to have confidence and trust in Edwards. The players sold a vision by the coach would surely be instantly disillusioned. Stability helps breed confidence in the creation of a new culture and that has not been a feature of the environment at Watford for too long. You wrote that last Friday. Mm. Three days later, the change was made. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that it was a stab in the dark, but unfortunately, we did sort of sense that this was this was coming. And you know, just to give you a bit of background, it was it was earlier on in the week, and this is what we touched upon in the piece that we did when it was when it was confirmed that you know Rob Edwards had gone and Slavon Bilic had come in. That we were making calls early on last week, so the the first week of the international break, and we did have a name as well. We we were aware of of the link with Slavon Bilic, we weren't quite there. And it was it was basically the, the piece that I, prior to the one that was about the actual, you know, hiring and, and firing once again, was trying to take people into the minds of Gino Pozzo. And, and ultimately, that was the- Is that the, possible? <laughs> well, well, to be honest, I think- I think it is because, you know, a lot of yeah. people from outside of, of the Watford bubble will be thinking, who is this guy and who, who does he think he is? Basically, it's it's pretty pretty straightforward. He owns it. It's his party, and he'll cry if he wants to, and he does what he wants. <laughs> and it, it doesn't need to be scratched beyond much of the surface to to really get into it. He is he is the man in charge, and he makes and signs the checks and and makes the makes the decisions on a regular basis. And, and no one's really going to tell him to do otherwise. So. We sensed that this was this was how he was thinking, and yeah, ultimately and unfortunately for Rob Edwards, it proved proved to be true. David on Gino Pozzo, I think you're obviously Adam. You're completely right, and the the, the big issue here that is different than any of the previous sackings in the last three seasons is that we were told Watford Watford supporters were told explicitly by the chairman and CEO, Scott Duxbury, and I quote, that we will be backing Rob Edwards come hell or high water when we appointed him in, in the summer. And it, it was a different appointment. It was an appointment from League Two. It was an appointment of a young, up-and-coming English manager, which is something that they hadn't done previously. So there was a real sense from the supporters that maybe, just maybe, things are going to change. And I think a lot of people allowed themselves to believe even though in the back of their minds, we all thought, if he's not doing well enough by the international break, is it going to happen again? And that's exactly what has happened. And I think that the different messages we've seen there from the chairman and the CEO and from the owner, and the owner, Gino Pozzo, is the guy that is quoted in all the statements around the sacking and the hiring of Bill, of sacking of Edwards and the hiring of Billage. Important Clearly, that, isn't it? Yeah, there are two people at the top of this club who are saying have said two very different things publicly, but one of those people is is the one making the decisions, and that's clearly Gino. I suppose the question that came into my mind instantly, David, from that as well, obviously this is a shock, isn't it? Even to, to Watford fans, I guess there's still some element of surprise considering he's only, you know, literally, what, 128 days into his tenure, I think it was, something like that. Does this put into question Scott Duxbury's future as the CEO then if if his name's not on any of the statements and he's making a, a comment like we will back Edwards through hell and high water and so soon after that he's gone? 
immediately after I heard the news, I, I tweeted that I think Scott Duxbury should consider his position. And I think if I was in his position, I would be seriously considering my, my resignation because I think his credibility has been completely undermined and called into question. Um, he will have a relationship with Gino. I and, mean, you know, I don't think he'll be surprised by this, but I'm, if I, I would be, imagine he'll be pretty angry about it. And we haven't heard from him yet. He's not been quoted on any of the statements since. We'll, I'm sure we'll, the next home game, we'll, he'll have an opportunity to write his programme notes or we might hear from him in between now and then. But I think it does, yeah, it does call into question his position, but I think it just paints an overall picture of dysfunction at the top of, of Watford Football Club. And we need to hear from, from Gino, not in, not in just a you know, 200-word statement, which we get every now and again. I've been I've been calling on various Watford podcasts for a long time now. Actually, Gino needs to submit himself to the questioning of some sort of independent journalist, whether that be Adam, whether that be someone else. He needs to answer questions because he has, I think, unequivocally. If you look at the reaction to this appointment over the last few days, just from just from online, we haven't had a match yet, so we don't know what the match going fan will react to this. But it seems to me like he's completely lost the fan base now, and. That's not a good position to be in, and you know I think really we need we need to hear from Gino and and, and to come back to Scott. It's not the the other thing with Scott Duxbury. It's not the first time he said something that's come back to haunt him. There've been other examples of this in the past where he said similar things in the summers, promises about what we're going to do with the squad, this, that, and the other, and things haven't always turned out the way he's sort of prophesized them. So I would question you know the the, the naivety of making such a statement in the summer when you know you've got someone as ruthless behind you as Gino. Adam, as well, obviously Watford fans, as David's explaining there, are clearly, you know, affected by this decision like they've they've been about the decisions that the club have made over the last few years and the way that the, the club has been run. Why, why do you think that sort of wider football supporters should take note of this of this particular decision? It's a strange one, really, because I think, as David has alluded to there, People within the Watford bubble always feared that this might happen and questioned the authenticity of the the premise that they were going to go down a, a new path. And whilst everyone would have liked those thoughts to be true, and I think you can include Scott Duxbury within that, I think he probably w- was saying those things with good intentions. However, it has always been, ever since they took over the club, in 2012, it has been a club that has, you know, at times thrived via knee-jerk decisions. And this is a classic knee-jerk decision, which basically Gino Pozzo will have gone, right, we need to get back up into the Premier League. You know, going on to your point there, Ian, Watford need to be back into the Premier League because they were there for five years. You then redesign the, the financial structures ultimately of the football club to you know, accommodate bigger wages and and it's, you know, it's still a small club with not a huge amount of revenue coming in via, you know, match day um, revenues and things like that. So they've, they've redesigned it. They've gone through a pandemic. They've gone through, you know, they're in their second relegation now. They've only got two years of, of parachute payments. They need to get back up and get up quick. So Gino Pozzo, who has, you know, invested a lot of money, is owed a fair amount of money, although they do say that he, he's not expecting it back in the short term, he wants to get them back in the Premier League and sustained again in the Premier League. And that's why he's made this decision. And if you look at it and you take away all the history, you think, right, 
Rob Edwards has started. He's an inexperienced head coach. We're now going to get an experienced one in who's actually done it before, got up from the championship into the Premier League. So, you know, on, on the face of it, on paper, it seems a sensible decision. But the problem is, if you're always going to make a decision on the, on the whim of the owner, no one's safe. And they've swung like a pendulum all the way through, you know, not only since I started covering them for The Athletic, but right the way through from the beginning of, you know, 2012, they originally had Zola, then they changed to more of a disciplinarian from a, a really nice guy in, in Zola with Beppe Sinino. And then more recently, they went from Shisco Munoz to the experience of Ranieri and then Roy Hodgson. Now they went back to inexperience with, with Rob Edwards. And now they've gone back to experience with, with Slavon Bilic. So it, it's, it just ebbs and flows. But the problem is Gino Pozzo, he may as well be wearing, you know, a, a leopard skin suit because his, his spots will never change. And he is the man he is. <laughs> he, he's not going to change. And, and for people to think that he might is, for, for, you know, within, within the Watford bubble or outside for people who are thinking, oh, well, you know, they might change, they might do things. He's, he's not going to change. He hasn't changed in 10 years. So I, I wouldn't expect him to, to change now. And he's just done what he, done what he normally does. The issue with that, David, should he change? Because the way that, that Adam's explained it there, you know, that there's quite big sort of variance between the different managers. There doesn't seem like much of a, a sort of a strand of thought that's going throughout those, apart from the element of change. Um, and certainly over the last 12 months, these changes have not really brought about anything better, have they? They've gone from 14th place when Zisco Munoz was, was sacked to 19th when Ranieri was sacked. They stayed there you know, for, for the end of the season under Roy Hodgson in 19th. Now, the start of this season, okay, you know, it's not been it's not been perfect by any stretch for Watford, has it? But just a point outside the playoffs in the top half of the table, they're only actually three points off Burnley, who are sort of in a similar situation coming down and, and, and appointing a new manager and, and trying to, to go again. It's not an awful position, is it? So, you know what? What? What guarantee is there that this change is actually going to bring about any improvement? Because the last few have made Watford go backwards. Yeah, you're completely right. There, there hasn't been a through line from any appointment to the next. For all the talk of there being a model, and we we don't rely on head coaches. We recruit the players, and the head coach comes in and makes the players work. There's there's, there's never a sense that we recruit the same type of head coach because they're all completely different in their styles, often completely at odds with the with the players that get recruited by various people at the club. And that seems to be getting worse. And last season was a was a prime example, going from you know inexperienced in Cisco Munoz to two of the most experienced managers on the planet who are quite clearly well past their sell by dates in Ranieri and Hodgson. And then you go to you, then you you drop all the way down to the other end of the the league system and get one of the brightest young managers in the EFL. And now you've been him off for someone who's a bit more wizened than old school and been around the block like Slaven Bilic. But to I suppose loath as I am, but to stick up for Gino Pozzo and, and and the thought process, he will probably be sitting there and thinking, well, last time we were in this division, we had a similarly patchy start. I got rid of Vladimir Ivic and I appointed someone who was who had never done it before in a championship in Cisco Munoz. He came in. We went on an amazing run in the second half of the season, quite late. We, it was like early February. We won, I think, 13 or 14 games in a row or something mad like that. And they went up. 
So he he's done it before. And, and when we went up the first time, there was four managerial changes in, in that season. So <laughs> he only knows one way, and that's to that is to roll the dice. If my cards don't come up, I'm rolling I'm twisting, I'm twisting, I'm twisting until I hit the jackpot. You know, he has won enough times in his eyes to 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 keep doing it. But the problem is, as we've discussed, it's it, it feels like slightly diminishing returns because it, uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of victories early on from this sort of gambling sort of mentality, and we're losing a little bit more now than we're winning. But with the caveat being that I think it's easier to do this in the Championship than it is in the Premier League because you get more games. I think for all the talk of the Championship being like the toughest league in the world to get out of, it's actually quite forgiving. Because you've got so many games, as we've seen with plenty of other teams like Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest last season, you can have a bad start, you can go on a run, you can recover because you've got enough runway to do that. So I think that's his thinking. We've got someone experienced. But as I said, it's there is a different backdrop to it this time. Yeah, and is he not in danger as well? I know he sort of sees the gamble is not gambling, isn't it, in his eyes? That's the way mm. it feels. And obviously the examples you've given there of of how change has brought about brought about promotion in the past will be fresh in his mind, not least the change that was made at Nottingham Forest a year ago, like you mentioned as well with Steve Cooper. But is it not risk of losing supporters now as well, David? Because, you know, you read anything around this change this time and... The care that supporters have about these changes, the, the the support for the way that the club is being run, no matter which way you look at it, it seems to have been eroded how much Watford fans care about what's happening at the minute. They're disillusioned by it. Is that fair? Yeah, I think Watford fans feel let down. And I feel I feel that the other thing as well is that Watford fans are they're they're sick to death of the footballing world and the footballing media just piling in on them every time there's one of these situations. And we've sort of become a little bit hardened to it, but this time it, it, it it's like it is the sort of straw that's broken the camel's back, I think. And, it, and I've seen a lot of reaction over the last 48 hours from people who previously might have tried to offer the alternative view and say, actually, I think it's a good decision, or actually it's worked for us before, say, you know what, this time I'm done. But... We've got a match on Sunday against Stoke. If we win that and we look great, maybe it all gets forgotten. I do think ultimately if you win football matches, stuff <laughs> does get forgotten, doesn't it? It's always the way, yeah. Adam, what, what effect do you think this will have on Gino Pozzo and, and the way that the club's run? The, the fact that there is this depth of feeling now amongst supporters? It, it will be interesting to see if if anything does actually change. Um, you know that there have been calls. I mean, Dave's Dave's done it himself there for for Gina Pozzo to to speak up and to to say something. And yes, he spoke in that in that statement in the announcement of of Slavon Bilic, and he basically sort of pinned it on himself and said, "Well, this is my call, etc." Um, I I don't really see much changing, to be honest. I think it's very much if if things are going well then everyone's shiny and happy and and he will think well i made the right choice does he choice. care though well i think that part of the, the the dynamic at the moment is he's he's got a very successful football club operating which he plays a a, a key role in not you know all the time but a key role in udinese so he's just been over in italy he's seen udinese sit third in serie a and thinking well, we're doing all right. I know what I'm doing. 
I, I make I make decisions over here as well. Who's going to question my authority in Little Old Watford? You know, it it just seems to me that he has his his confidence rather than the success of Udinese, for example, you know, making him feel a little bit more wholesome and a little bit more happy and and wanting to show a bit more faith to Rob Edwards, for example. It hasn't done that. It's actually strengthened his resolve to say, I know what I'm doing, so I'm going to do what I want back in Watford. And 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 he did what he did. I think it is worth mentioning the human element to it with Rob Edwards, for example. And I mentioned it at the beginning of that piece that came before the, the, the sacking, that he's been here before he's done that before he has left um, Javi Gracia, which was the first the first sacking back in 2019, in position for a week whilst he sorted stuff out in the background. You know, let Rob Edwards continue to train the side. They even posted a, a video of it on online. His assistant, Richie, Richie Kyle, taking Imran Luzo, who's actually a key player that hasn't been part of Rob Edwards' group, Moroccan international has been out with a, a knee injury and he should actually make a difference going through drills. And you heard Richie Kyle in the background saying, come on, you know, let's do this, let's do that. I, I, I find it really quite horrendous how, how they have been treated. And I think it also does call into question a little bit Slavon Bilic's morals as well. And look, I know that football clubs do this all the time. They prep a manager let's say, look, we're going to bring you in. But sometimes there's almost a, a managerial code here that, look, we've got an international mm. break. If you want to bring me in... No one does it quite like what... No, 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 exactly. Like it, exactly. What? The, dis, the, the, the time span between one being sacked and one being announced is often literally Absolutely. a matter of it's minutes. Like a, it's, there's a bit it's, of a disconnect with that as well, isn't there? 15 minutes between an announcement yeah. being made that Edwards had gone, Billich coming in, but a week between... The last match against Sunderland and the, the yeah. decision being made that that doesn't make much sense it, either, really, does it? It's a cab rank, basically. It's you know that there will be another one along in a minute. Don't worry. And <laughs> you know that's that's just the way it, is, it always is. So if you then sort of try and compute that into how Gino Pozzo will will want it to be done, it's almost like I want this to look tidy. I want it to look tidy. So we've got rid of him. We brought him in. That's tidy. Well, no, because what you've actually done there is you have put your priorities ahead of the people that you are employing, especially the, the previous head coach. And I find it really quite low end how, how Rob Edwards was treated. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Tell him he's not your man and then get rid of him. Beginning of the international break. Sorry, we're going we're gonna to move on here. Leave a bit of breathing space. Then that allows Slavon Bilic's process to actually look a little bit more wholesome and then bring him in. Leave a bit of a gap. Other football clubs do it and I wonder why they do do it. Maybe it's because they want this sort of scenario so they don't look like they've been plotting behind the back of their, their head coach. And what it does do, it means that any head coach that's in there, whether they're you know almost 80 years old like like Roy Hodgson and, and Ranieri or Shisco Munoz, who's you know basically just come out of the game, they never feel safe. You never feel safe if you're at Watford because you know that Gino is thinking about the next guy all the time, just in case. If this isn't going to go well, we're going to bring in the new guy. And it's just happened again. It's happened again. And, and the scales have fallen from everyone's eyes. You know, outside of the club, the fan base, you know, journalists. I mean, I've been doing this. I've written so many pieces about why it happened, why he's now in and why he's gone and all this sort of stuff. 
it almost feels that way sometimes, but this one was different because mm. there wasn't a, a toxic atmosphere in the in the club. Rob Edwards was trying to build something. He was trying to create a culture out of a club that had been horrendous last year. They stunk the Premier League out like no one has done for, for quite some time. Didn't win a game at home virtually for the whole season, pretty much. I think there was only two wins. They were awful. And they also at the same time, employed three different head coaches just to really sort of rub salt into the PR wounds. It was awful. So he was trying to build something. And just quickly, before we look to the future for Watford, if all this wasn't messy enough, David, we've also got the role of the sporting director, Cristiano Giretta, to discuss and dissect. Where does he lie in all of this? Because he's not even supposed to be there, is he? Or is he? It's it's a great question. It's an, it's another layer of intrigue in this whole sort of murky, messy situation. So, week before last, it emerged via reports from Watford Observer that um, Cristiano Giretta was going to be leaving the club with immediate effect, to which was greeted with much fanfare from the online Watford fan base because he isn't a popular figure, rightly or wrongly, um, amongst those sorts of supporters. Adam sort of dug into it, then reports that actually he's not going to leave with immediate effect, but he is sort of, his role is going to change. He's, he's maybe going to be moved sideways. He's going to have some different responsibilities. He's not going to be working with the first team. He's going to give Rob Edwards more, you know, and, and it was thought to be a move of support to Rob Edwards, to give Rob Edwards more responsibility over training and how how, the, how he runs that side of the football operations. Then, what, seven days later, Rob Edwards is gone. Cristiano Giretta appears to be back in his position as sporting director. As Adam's written this morning on The Athletic, he will be working with Slavin Bilic going forward. So there's clearly been some sort of power struggle internally. There's clearly been there's clearly been moves, and we don't know exactly what's happened behind closed doors and who's said what and who's making the calls in that, that regard. But what we do know is that he looked like he was going to be out the door, but now he's back in the door, and the manager... Who he was, you know, who who he appeared to have initially lost the power struggle with is now gone. Okay, let's take a quick pause for a breath then, and then we'll look ahead to what's next for Watford. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Athletic Football Podcast with me, Ian Irving. We're joined by Adam Leventile and David Walker dissecting, discussing whatever word you want to use on Watford because, wow, there is a lot to get our teeth into, no doubt whatsoever. Um, let's look ahead to what's next then, David. Slavin Bilic is the choice. Um, Adam's written about him already beginning work at the start of this week. How do Watford fans feel about this as a choice, Slavin Bilic? You know what? It's quite hard to tell at the moment because... 
such as the reaction been, it's been so strong in the disillusionment with the, with the decision and the situation and all the stuff we've discussed. It's almost sort of a footnote that we've got a new manager and it's Slavin Bilic. And I don't think anyone's really sat down and got their head, heads around it. And it will be intriguing to see how Watford line up on Sunday against Stoke. And then we can, as supporters, can finally sort of move on and come to terms with the fact that everything has happened and we move on and we go again. And as I said earlier, if, if, if we get off to a good start and it looks good, then we're off to the races. But we have to try and cling on to a sense of optimism and cling on to the fact that regardless of why he left West Brom, at one stage he got them promoted into the Premier League and he did have his moments at West Ham where he was quite acclaimed and it seemed to be going quite well. He's clearly got something about him. He's clearly got a track record at times that, that we can we can believe in. And it, it might turn out to be might turn out to be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you said that. Um Adam, in terms of the contract length, it's it's 18 months. That feels optimistic in a sense for Watford. But, you know, new managers coming in, usually is it a minimum of two and a half years, three years, if, you, if you're if sort of looking at, at building something with a boss. 18 months is the length of this deal. Uh, that tells you everything that you need to know about the pressure that Slavin Bilic is under straight away as well, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, they, they, they could say any length it doesn't really matter with 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 Watford it, it genuinely doesn't matter if if he bombs and he he loses you know his first five games or by the world cup they you know he's fallen out with a couple of players or you know he said something inappropriate in the press about Gino Pozzo or Cristiano Giretti he might have gone by the world cup who knows he might be you know we're not speaking out of you, I mean you he, he, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be altogether surprising if no. we were back in this situation in a month. No, absolutely not. You know they've got really? they've had ten yeah. games ten games of the season the league season. Um, they'll have twenty one under their belt by the time of the World Cup. I think a lot of clubs in the Championship in particular and, and the Football League. And I know that you know the, the EFL season will start prior to the end of the World Cup, so it's not like a full full break for the entirety of the World Cup. But I think a lot of clubs and a lot of chairmen and, and owners will have been looking at that as, you know, virtually halfway through the season. If it's not going to plan, we could actually make a change if, if, if things aren't working. And I know there's already been other changes elsewhere in um, in the EFL, but I, I would have seen that as a more natural break. But for, for, for Slaven Bilic's point of view, you know, he will have great confidence. He's a wily manager. He's vastly experienced. You know, he's got international experience. He's got Premier League experience. He's got experience of getting up with West Brom, as Dave mentioned. So he's been there. He's done it. He's got the T-shirt. And I think he will be thinking this is a great opportunity for me as well to just sort of try and steady the ship on my managerial career in this country where he also played as well. You know, he, he knows the territory. He knows the the the, ter- the terrain and and the, the demands and things like that. Same for Rob Edwards, obviously. You know, he was a player, you know, extensively in, in this country. But it just feels like Slavon Bilic will have a, a... He's got a little bit more miles on, on the clock, hasn't he? And... Yeah, he he should be able to slip into gear. But, you know, going back to the, the first thing that you said there about the culture and the impact on the players, ultimately, the players, if if things are, you know, dynamic in training and they see some things early on that they think, ah, oh, fair enough, okay, look, he knows his, he knows his stuff, they will get on board and they will crack on. 
If they're being put in the right positions on the field effectively, they'll be happy. If the football is pretty decent and they're told to play with, you know, vim and vigour and, you know, be aggressive and, and let's play attacking football and let's play exciting football, they'll be happy. You know, it, it's you don't need too much depth. Obviously, if he's going to treat people well, then that obviously helps. But if they can start winning games, and they should do because they've got players that they've brought in that haven't really had an opportunity to bed in yet. The likes of Keenan Davis, who had great success with Nottingham Forest last season, you know, come down from the Premier League from Aston Villa. The same for Courtney House, who's got this opportunity to play more games. Uh, Hamza Chowdhury's come in from Leicester. Imran Luzer's coming back into the side. Tom Cleverley, who's, you know, he's not everyone's favourite, but he's got a vast amount of experience and he will make a difference in the midfield. He's not been available to Rob Edwards either. You know, they'll have Ishmael Assar now back fit as well. Joao Pedro's playing good football. They've got a lot of, of ability there. The squad is still a little bit imbalanced and they've got issues, but they do have a, a good enough squad to be challenging. And that's ultimately what Gino Pozzo will think, that Slavin Bilic can just sort of make sure that they are hitting their standards. And so far they haven't been able to, but there has been, there has been mitigation for, for Rob Edwards as well. Uh, do you think any of the players will feel let down? Because in in the summer, as part of this whole fanfare around Rob Edwards and the culture's going to change, it, it was very clear that the club, for whatever reason, were putting players out to speak to the media to sort of reinforce that message. You had, you had players like Cleverly, like Gosling and others ask directly, what do you think about the managerial changes? What do you think about Rob Edwards? And they went on the record and they were saying, yeah, we think this is a good move. We, the club needs to support him. And even even as recently as a few weeks ago, Keenan Davis was, was, was quoted after one of the matches saying that we need to get behind the, Rob Edwards. We need to support him. We need to build something here. And now this has happened. And they'll be used to it. Certainly the, old, the more experienced players that have been around for a long time Tom Cleverley, Craig Cathcart, this is not the first time they've seen this. So it'll be like, oh, here we go again. But, you know, I feel like they've been sort of let down as well a little bit. Yeah, they have. They, they've been sort of sold a vision. And, and Rob Edwards was actually part of those discussions, you know, saying, look, come in, we'll, we'll get you playing with, with Chowdhury and Keenan Davis and House and, and things like that. Um, players that he was able to sort of help with the recruitment with, not necessarily make the decision, but at least help and say, well, yeah, he, he, he'd be great. And now he has disappeared. I think that, that Slavon Bilic could probably sort of slot in and, and do the same and be able to articulate the vision in a similar way. But yeah, they're going to be thinking, oh, OK. It just gives them a dent, an early dent that they didn't need. And that the, the players will be thinking, oh, right, OK, so it really, does, it really does happen like this here. You know, there is that uncertainty, as we were talking about for the head coaches, but for the players as well, they think, wow, they really are ruthless. And it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't help. Doesn't help the atmosphere. It makes. It makes it more likely that there's going to be people having more clandestine chats, worrying about who's watching around the training ground. Oh, why did they actually make that choice in the end? Why didn't they actually trust the fact that we were actually creating a culture? We thought. We thought we were doing okay. Why do they not trust it? And that's the problem. And I wrote a piece right at the end of last season where Watford were relegated at Crystal Palace <laughs> and just the farcical nature of Roy Hodgson waving to the Crystal Palace fans whilst the Watford fans were in the corner going, uh, hang on a minute, mate, you're, you're our manager, not theirs anymore. That was just a, a farcical situation. But it was ultimately, it was, yeah. Watford were a laughing stock last season and they needed to repair the trust within the side, within the culture, within the fabric of the club. 
they had an opportunity and they've wasted that opportunity now and they have to rebuild from you know a very very low ebb unfortunately in terms of confidence in terms of connection with the fan base and I, I feel for Slavon Bilic in a way because he's come into it is going to be a, a difficult difficult sort of animal to try and tame but you know he will probably you know he's he he's got a bit of oomph to him so he will probably think yeah I can do this don't worry about it I, yeah. I will be able to do it it's remarkable in a sense that people are still lining up for the job, really, isn't it? Considering that they know what, what can happen well, and, and the way it's gone. I don't know. I mean, but why wouldn't you take yeah. it? Why wouldn't you? Because True. you know that I can True. do it for I can do it for two months. I'll get my contract paid up and you know, no real damage no, no real damage to your reputation, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, quickly then, Adam, what about Rob Edwards then? What next for him? <sighs> I don't know, just try and find a, st- a stable football club. Try and go back to the the career path that he was actually heading in the right direction on. I, I hope that he finds a, a club that is going to sort of welcome him with open arms and that they will have a little bit of faith. But then there are so many other clubs that, that do... that They do stick with managers and maybe they won't necessarily have an opportunity to, to get up into the into the Premier League and and things like that and and then that has a knock on effect and maybe they might have a better feeling around the football club but Gino Pozzo's way is always look we are he- we want to get into the Premier League he's he's viciously ambitious it's obviously driven by money as well um and yeah i i i i, feel, I really do feel for Rob Edwards because he's sort of he's gone up a, a very very tall ladder and he's also coming down quite a, a vicious snake at the moment. And he's going to have to start again to to try and get back on track. So fingers crossed he does. And also for his assistant, Richie Kyle, as well, who was who was a good lad by all accounts and was was popular at the at the club. And, you know, there seemed to be a good atmosphere inside the, the training ground and things like that. So, yeah, he's he, if he's left anything, yeah, he hasn't necessarily left a huge amount of points. But at least he did seem to put a smile on the face of, of the club for a little bit. And now we've gone back to a bit more of a, a frown and a bit more of concern, which is which is maybe maybe it fits a bit more with Watford under under Gino Pozzo. Yeah. To round this off, then, David, um, what are your hopes come the end of this season? What do you want the next few months to look like for Watford? And, and another intriguing ingredient to this Watford mix as well is the fact that while we've been recording, Imran Luzer, who we've spoken about a couple of times, has signed a new contract until 2028 as well, which seems like interesting timing. Yeah, uh, and Xiao Pedro recently signed a new contract as well, so they're clearly protecting some of their most saleable assets. Um, what do I hope to see from Watford? Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I, I am relatively pragmatic in these situations. <sighs> As long as we get promoted, if we were to get promoted, I don't care if they change the manager three more times, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I know that a lot of fans... Genuinely. Dis- well, it could happen before. We got promoted when we changed the manager four times in 2014-15, and it was a brilliant season. Um, There's just a... If you sort of read a lot of the comments now from Watford supporters, they're sort of like... There's a tone of, I don't care if we finish 10th. I want some stability. Yeah. I want yeah. a sense of building something. Well, the thing is, but are you building something if you finish in 15th? I don't know. I, I think, to be honest, I, I, I understand where that comes from. And I think, I, I, think I, I, I would love for Watford to be 
this shining vision of stability and do things the right way and rise and rise and rise up through the Premier League and whatever, like some other clubs have been able to do. But I think while we've got Gino Pozzo at the club, that is simply not going to happen. So I think you've just got you you know you've just got to accept the situation for what it is, or indeed protest. Don't go to matches. Make your voice heard in whatever way you can if you if you're really against it. But that's that's going to be the way it is. And if we can get success, be it short term or whatever, then I then I think that's what we have to settle for. But it is concerning because it, it, it there is a trend developing, and it and it does feel that like whoever comes in, even if there is some short term success, because there isn't a foundation, because there isn't a grand strategy about marrying up players with coaches and with the style, that you're never ever going to achieve what Gino wants to achieve. But in but in but in a very sort of you know, cynical fashion, if you offered me promotion now, grinding out the rest of the season and getting up into the Premier League, I'd take it. Because for me, as a football fan, I want to see my team win matches. I want to see us get promoted. Fair enough. I admire your honesty, to be honest, David, uh, to be fair, because that is the goal, isn't it? And ultimately, that is why Gino Pozzo has made this decision as well. But it's been brilliant. I hope people have enjoyed that as much as me, getting a real insight into exactly what's been happening at Vicarage Road. David, thank you. Adam, thank you as well. No problem. Thank you. That's it for today. A reminder that you can read the latest from Watford and more Football League content, of course, by heading to theathletic.com forward slash football pod, where you can find our latest offers as well. You'll also be able to find the results of the Athletic's exclusive player survey. Over 100 former footballers were quizzed on a variety of topics from financial welfare to long-term health concerns and also regrets overtaking career-extending injections. With the whole investigation on The Athletic, where more stories will drop across the week. Head to theathletic.com for the full story. I'll be back tomorrow with more, but for now, thank you for listening and goodbye. The Athletic.